Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets. Interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello and welcome to Decorating Pages. I am your host, Kim Wanup. And uh, boy, it's been a busy week, hasn't it? It's, uh, we got another union on strike, SAG on strike. Uh, Emmy nominations came out. And um, a lot more people got unemployed this week, unfortunately, I think. Uh, I think we're at a complete standstill in Hollywood. I guess non-union things can happen and commercial I'm not exactly sure if like commercials I know daytime is going on because they're compliant under AFTRA I think or I think like game shows might be able to go on um so those people can work but then again if you don't have a writer and you don't have an actor it's uh, two strikes that's a lot um so literally two strikes you're out (laughs) I guess I don't know I am enjoying my time off, though, I gotta say, but it is, like I talked about last week, completely stressful of when are we going to work now, because I don't know, my prediction now, it's going to take a bunch of time for these actors to hash it out. The last strike in 1980 took three months. Um, I think maybe actors could get it together, get back to the table, maybe come to something September-ish, and then they deal with the writers, October, November. So I I don't know, people. I, I don't know. I think you're going to get a weekly podcast every week because uh, this is my self, self-employment self job here, which I love. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's my new prediction is November and of course I have a trip planned third week in November and I know I'm gonna go back to work and be like oh yeah and I need a week off and they're gonna laugh in my face (laughs) but you gotta plan your life you know I've missed many a wedding and and birthday party because of work and the sacrifices of not going to things and missing things because of work and um hopefully that's what you know a lot of these strikes are about is better life quality and um i know in our last negotiation about IATSE, um the turnaround issue uh was presented and we got more turnaround and so you know we're all fighting for a better quality of life i believe and i um I'm excited about the Emmy nominations. I'm not going to read the full list, okay? But I am going to tell you that you can listen to six of the nominated people. Um, the Last of Us production designer, John Pano, um, Poker Face, Judy Ray, production designer, and Kathy Marshall, set decorator. 
Executive producer of Secession, Frank Rich. Helena Sipilop, set decorator, Perry Mason. Patrick Howe, production designer. Rich Murray, set decorator of Only Murders in the Building. Production designer, Jamie Walker, Walker McCall for Schmegadoon. So you can listen to all of those um, if you're going to be voting uh, later on in August. But um, hopefully more. Definitely more to come. Um, been reaching out and have been um, talking with setting up some interviews. So we'll see how that goes. But congratulations to everyone. I gotta say, I am floored that Andor was not nominated. Sorry, I'm just going to put that out there. I just thought it was the best and it didn't get nominated. So there's my little rant about uh, the nominations. And uh, one or two things is questionable <laughs> in the realities. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. But congratulations to everyone. It's all hard work. It's all hard to do and timing and money and budgets and final product and pressure. So I am um, congratulate everyone who is, is nominated. Um, last week's episode with Tracy Collins, I had a, people reach out really enjoying hearing about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers um, and hearing about that process and um, and saying the same thing I did about like, you know, what influences you as a child and helps you what you think of um, in designs and, and when you get to do some some really creative pieces and what you draw from. And so, yeah, that was fun speaking with her. And um, it does make me feel like, God, I wish I had like a kid show or Nickelodeon or something, you know, like a, a movie like for kids <laughs> that could influence. I don't know. Annie. No. Um, I don't know. I can't think right now. I'll tell you what, though, I have been watching because not, not a lot on. I'm still right, watching Gemstones, which Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max or just Max, whatever, whatever you are. I love it. It's so funny. I can't get enough of it. It's so good. Um, the uh, the movie The Wiz, which is on TCM Hub, and I know I've talked about it before, but I don't know what made me put it. Well, what made me put it on is TCM really does need to be curated by Spielberg and you know all these other people because. It, there's so many great films out there and it is lacking or it's stunted or something. I just, and I miss the introductions and I've said it all before and I, I hope that they revamp it um, for us um, film buffs because I find it very valuable to look at other past work and, and resources. So uh, anyway, The Wiz which production designer Tony Walton, set dec- three set decorators, set decorator Robert Drumheller, Edward Stewart, and Justin Scopa. I mean, it is frightening. That movie is terrifying. I have no idea how. And I thought it the first time I saw it when I was little, that this is scary. So it's not just now. I'm not like getting all woke or anything. That shit is scary. They, the scarecrow, the, the crows that go after um, the scarecrow, that's terrifying. And then those cabs and the subway and the trash pile. Yeah, it's like super scary. Like, I don't even know if I would show my kids that one. Because we've watched The Wizard of Oz, I think, twice with them and they loved it. And even that, the flying monkeys are kind of scary. But yeah, The Wiz is not for kids. I don't even know if it's for adults. And... I don't know if I ever really paid attention to the beginning of it either when she's at home and um, the big feast they're having f- the whole family over for Thanksgiving and everything in their apartment. And I, that part I really enjoy. <laughs> and Diana Ross, I mean, no one beats Diana, but she is not good looking in that movie. I don't know. It's no ebony, right? You know what I mean? Was it ebony? Oh, no, mahogany. <laughs> It's no mahogany. She's really, she's got something in that movie, but we've, um, other things I'm watching. Did you see the trailer for Napoleon, um, with Joaquin Phoenix? That looks fantastic. I just think it looks fantastic. 
production designer Arthur Max, and set decorators Ellie Griff and Storm Woodruff. Wow, I cannot wait to see that. Um, can't wait to see Oppenheimer. Can't wait to see Barbie. I'm really looking forward to those. I put on the show Full Circle, which I think is on Max. I can't, I didn't write that down. Um, no. I got about 20 minutes into it. And I love Timothy Oliphant. I, I, I love watching him. But no. I couldn't get into it. I, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. So, yeah. Other than that, no. Not really watching. I mean, Housewives. Always. I really want to do another Housewives episode with Ryan Garten. So. And by the way, congratulations to him. He is also nominated for Schmegadoon as the art director. And you can listen to an episode with him, which happens to be one of my highest rated uh, episodes still. About us um, just uh, criticizing housewives homes. And I think we need a new one. I think we should update that. I'm going to get, I'm going to talk to him. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. On this episode, I speak with two production designers, Cabot McMullen and Brandon Mendez about their film Flamin' Hot, directed by Eva Langoria. This movie tells the true story of Richard Montez incredible journey from working as a janitor at the Frito-Lay plant to creating this massive success of the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Like, he came up with the flavor Flamin' Hot. Now, you never think about that. Like, who really does this? Like, this is why the story is pretty interesting. So their designs are very rich in the culture in this period piece, And not only designing the background story of this guy's life, but deep diving into how these snacks are really produced. And you will hear a really interesting tidbit and, you know, a tip on how to do research for YouTube of how they got to design the the Frito-Lay manufacturing process of these chips that I would never think about. And it was fascinating to watch. So, um, also I should mention, I talked to them in June, so <laughs> if it seems like, oh, there's only, they only talk about one strike, that's why. It was, uh, I think early June when I talked to them. So, I hope you enjoy. Yeah, it's, are you guys getting up in the morning? Are you working? Were you shut down, or... I was shut down. Brandon, I think, is quite busy right now, but yeah. Yeah, I'm doing some commercials right now. I've been um, doing that thing. Yeah. I don't know if it gets you up with the same motivation, but it gets, <laughs> but it gets you up, I'll tell well, you that. Well, it pays more. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to get busy. I think we're getting a lot of people from film and television coming, yeah. starting, to do, uh, I- starting to do commercials. It's funny when... when when it slows down, you'll start to see names like, you'll be like oh, Claudio Miranda shooting this commercial for, yeah. for Ford? <laughs> You're like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it kind of spreads out all over. You know, you start working with people that you you see credits on and then you're like, oh, well, we're, we're doing something together. Yeah. I My show shut down and then I did a commercial the next week and it was uh, with producers that I've worked for for a, a long time, but I haven't seen and when we got when I got to set, I was astonished about how many people from like the Good Place were on the show. And I was like, "There's 13 of us on here oh, that yeah. work together. Like you, you never get that again." And the producer was like, "Yeah, basically, I had to stage a you know a, a strike for to get the band back together because <laughs> it's the only way you can get you know a whole crew back together. It's really yeah. you know the syncing up is is crazy, but." Kevin, are you, were you shut down, you said? Yeah, I was uh, about to start season two of Shrinking. Oh, yeah. Um, and my first day of prep was the first day of the strike. Oh, yeah. And our stages are right next to the front gate of Warner Brothers, so there was no way they were going to yeah. let us start. So, oh, We can't even get in there to, to do pools right now, though, because yeah. none of the Teamsters will cross the line. Yeah. At all. We have to, and honestly, Warner has... If, if you're ever tight with money, I feel like Warner Brothers is such a saving yeah. place for 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 set deck. I think it's always just 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Robert really Greenfield's great with working with budgets and, and helping it make it look great. You know, Absolutely. he wants it to Absolutely. look good. Yeah. I, the old 5,000 all you can eat plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I used to be 5,000. The last show I was on was a one hour and one of the prop houses wanted 13,000 for a flat per wow. episode. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a space show. Like I'm not going to get $13,000 worth out of this. Like, wow. no, I can't do it. So yeah, those, those, uh, they've gone up. They've gone up considerably in, in the last couple of years as they should, you know, everything's gone yeah. up. That's well, we did, I, we did flaming hot right in the middle of COVID. Like oh. actually just, just as it was really heating up, and uh, we couldn't even get like a, a skid of plywood. We had to go all the way to Colorado to get our materials. Yeah, yeah. there was and, nothing. Um, fortunately, our construction coordinator was smart enough to have rebought everything prior to prep starting. And so, um, but it was challenging. And you know, as as you know, it added like I think fifteen percent onto the budget. Yeah. They don't give you any more money to no. <laughs> allow for it. So you, you're waiting all the and and the wait time is really what kills you too. Of like, oh, I can't get that next week. Now I got to wait two weeks, and then how does that slow us down? And oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the supply chain issue was a huge, huge for all of us, I think, and all yeah. the shipping and the shipping. Remember, there was like all those like hundreds of shipping containers in Long Beach that weren't yeah. or thousands actually that were just sitting there never open because they didn't have they didn't have enough workers or something david hack was fine you know I'd, we'd be leaving the office be, your you set know, decorator eight, yeah. eight or nine yeah david hack was our set decorator we, i would say we were we were burning at both ends we were all always in there early everyone was leaving late we we're you know really trying to get this all together and, and david would be in uh, he would be on estate sales <laughs> he would be just he would just be going and the same, I think, you know, same thing with him finding like those vats cabinet. Remember he found those and they were, they were oh, in wow. Texas, something of that nature. And we had to, sh we had to bring them over. Yeah. We had uh, a scene where Richard goes into a dirty holding tank right. and it's, you know, his task or job to clean it with a power washer. And it was a very specific shot and we needed several to make it look real. Cause it's above. And, uh, Right? Yeah. They, they go above. Shot above yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we looked all over the country and we found a dealer in Texas who was shipping these huge containers to, I think, like Ohio or somewhere in the Midwest. And so we basically rented them. We paid for the shipping and then we rented them for the time that we needed. And then we put them back on a truck and they went off to their <laughs> final owner. It was. Yeah. You know, that stuff was, like that we had to be clever about all the time. Well, that was fantastic timing. Um, yeah. So the, looking at the factory floor, I thought, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. This is a lot of intricate machinery. And I hope this was a location, but I doubt it was all there. I mean, you, it's, you never get it all there, really, unless you really go there. But so I wanted to ask about the location of, of the factory and versus like, did you build their their interior homes or were they all locations also? Either one. Well, I mean, as a brief overview, I would say 99.9% uh, .9 of the show was all location driven. Mm. We had, you know, some little set elements that we built into a warehouse space, but um, the factory itself was a found decommission newspaper factory oh, wow. and so that factory floor was completely empty when we found it except around the perimeter were all the conveyors and uh machines that were bolted down everything else had been sold and went to auction oh, wow. and so we built all of the interior machinery you know the extruders the tumblers the conveyors um all that stuff is mechanical set pieces that were built by our crew Wow, that's fantastic. Because I thought there's no way they got into like a Frito-Lay place because it's very specific, all the chips coming off the conveyor belt and how they're tumbling them and everything, which is intricate to the story also. But I thought either they got 
a, a fa- uh, like a chip place or they had to build these things. So that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah go ahead. Oh, I was, I was also just going to touch on, you know, you saying how, how it worked together. There was, there were moments where we needed Richard's office to have the same eyeline view mm-hmm. of the factory we built, like when he's on the phone, making the call. It's also moments where Matt Walsh, you know, he, his character would, would be pointing up top, like these guys, these guys are the ones who are at the top, you know, they, yeah. they would do that quite often. And it just happened to be that, that that was there. And we were able to build the set and the orientation of which all of these moments worked and uh yeah so it, it ended up really working out it's 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 really nice too because there is a small montage of like what is almost 10 years or eight years that he's working there and how you know you have this 360 view of the whole plant like there's i think i just love watching the intricacy of like how this actually gets done i thought it was great and design wise and camera work wise i thought it worked really well well it was all very strategic and carefully planned out you know for quite a while with eva and fetty our dp um but what, what's so interesting about this project is that Frito-Lay is a very protective company. They're, they're, they're very worried about, you know, industrial espionage because they've been ripped off by other countries, you know, who will remain nameless right now, but they're very, very protective of all their IP and their processing. We uh, met with a couple of uh, experts who had been involved in the mechanical engineering of some of the Frito-Lay plants. But they had all signed NDAs and they couldn't tell us anything. Mm. So we ended up finding a uh, a YouTube from a sixth grader who did a <laughs> like a like a class tour of a Frito Lay plant in Kansas, <laughs> and that's how we suddenly we stumbled on this thing. And we we're like, there it is! <laughs> yeah. It was fantastic. the first time we had seen everything in sequence and how it all worked uh, in a very revealing way. And so we basically modeled all of our systems after the sixth graders youtube video <laughs> it's oh really God, funny fantastic look at that Re- researchers everywhere in the world and we're just grabbing i mean always we're just grabbing what we can but thank thank god you found that yeah, yeah. i mean there, there was a lot of other clues that we you know people we talked to but but that was kind of the aha moment where we we suddenly saw it all in sequence because they purposefully kind of misdirect you in all of their corporate videos and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you see bits and pieces, but you know, if, if you want to build a, a chip factory, you, you wouldn't be able to figure it out from, from the Frito-Lay stuff. So. Did yeah, you, there's, did, no, there's no real um, correlation in, in the way in which the assembly line works, which we, the little girl was able to get for us. Wow. Because the way the tour was constructed, it was like, here's where it starts and here's where right. it finishes. Where wow. a lot of times we'd catch it like, here's the extruder. And then next thing you know, we're like, wait, how did it get to the fryer? And then like, there's a camera inside, you know, and the fry, it's showing the collets like being fried. And we're like, wait, what happened from A, what happened to, a to B? Right. This little girl was able to get it. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Now, were yeah. you, I mean, you used the Frito-Lay, uh, uh, sig- like signature, all their graphics and everything. Were you, so you were able to get their clearance on that? Or is that tweaked? And I just didn't realize. <laughs> well, that, that was, the, that was practical. I mean, that, that, that was their actual graphics there they were specific when we had to get into the nitty-gritty part of uh branding you know i think we had um melissa our, our graphic designer one of our graphic designers she did a really good job of leading her team and really honing in on hours and hours and hours and weeks of research to figure out where free because there was a transitional moment of the frito branding that occurred in the 80s mm-hmm. um and i think for purposes of our film we we kept it congruent through the through the through its entirety with the slight color change when the Frito when the hot Cheeto came and turned and made it more vibrant red. Yeah, they went from opaque bags to clear to bags. To clear, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done. Also, the little mascot showed up at some point. Oh you know? yeah, the little guy. Yeah. 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 I've done uh, period convenience stores, and they're really expensive. <laughs> So when I saw all the bags of everything, and it's a good thing at that point they weren't the clear bags because we just stuff them with paper or whatever because you're stuffing all these bags to make them look like they have 
product in them. It's expensive. That's expensive scene. I know the, looking down those convenience store aisles. Those were all manufactured. Everything prior to the nineties was manufactured by us. And we had people stuffing bags for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with actual, with actual product, right. We, we got, with, you just got it. Got with LA, they, we put it in an order, you know, and they were nice enough to. Oh, okay. get us oh that's fantastic. And, and then we had about, Kevin, I don't know if, if, if this is accurate, but I think there was about, you know, six prop prop folks um, stuffing bags, <laughs> yeah. taking bags out, putting it into the bags we created for, for about, a, you know, a week or so. I... Yeah, and then all the, all the product that is on the conveyor belts, yeah, that had to all be dumped out of bags that we got. Oh, and yeah. so to reuse. we spent, I don't know how much time, but we spent a fair amount of time doing calculations Yes. On how much conveyor belt yeah. run that we had, the speed of the run, and how much product we needed to do like a three-minute take, because at the end of that take, everything had to be collected and then taken back to the back to one, oh, yeah. and then redistributed again. So it was, you know, oh we God. built a three D model and we kind of mapped it all out, and then we timed it out and we kind of pre-rehearsed it, um, you know, virtually, and then once we got into the the actual location. We, we did a couple of dry runs with it and, and, and then the challenge is <laughs> to find enough product somewhere in the country to, to supply all this. You well, know, yeah. I feel yeah. like I would have gained like 20 pounds if I worked on the show. <laughs> I would have been yeah. eating all the time. I love Cool Ranch. I'm, I'm the white chick who went in and grabbed the Cool Ranch. <laughs> that's my go-to. That's my, it's my demon. Um, how, how was interaction with Eva for this? How was it? Because it seems to be uh, like close. I mean, she's in that culture and she's she I'm sure she wants to bring these stories to life for a reason. So the passion is there for her. So how was it working with her in that aspect? Uh, for me, that, you know, it was my it was Cabot's second time working with her, right, Cabot, or second or third? I had done an HBO pilot just Ooh. prior to the movie. Um, and it, it was my first time and you know for me she's so passionate and she she's extremely intelligent she's the smartest person in the room she's always always knows what she needs always knows what she wants she'll check you I feel like often she'll mention something in passing and that passing note is like do your research on this you know and I find myself at home like what is she talking about and you're yeah. doing the research. Oh, well, this is what she's talking about to so go home the next day she's going to ask you the question or like, did you elaborate on what I said yesterday? And you're like, oh yeah, this. You kind of talk like that, and it's kind of like a way of her kind of showing she she knows what she wants, and she she's fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and I can say with complete honesty that she is the most prepared director I've ever worked with. I mean, it's just extraordinary the the amount of preparation that goes into it, and the amount of thought and intelligence. And it's all up there in the screen. You can see it now. I mean, it's yeah, it's just a brilliant film, you know. And she was so passionate about it. Well, that uh, yeah, I I love seeing movies like this of of just things you never think of, and you're like, someone really thought of that, and someone had passion for this, and and the life changing experience it was for him and his family, and. Uh, I, I just, I loved it. I thought it was a great little movie. And I'm glad it's on Disney. I gotta say that. Because I feel like it would get lost on a lot of other platforms. And I feel like Disney pushes, uh, you know, projects like this. And I'm, I was like, oh, good. Because it's not going to get lost here. You know, because cause adults go on Disney too. And you're like, what's, yeah. what's on there? And, and I, you're not overwhelmed with a ton of stuff. So I feel like it's a great platform for it to to be on for streaming it's a great movie to watch with your family too. yeah yeah i think so inspirational yeah yeah i think we can take a little bit from it and say oh well i've had this adversity and this is what you can do and it kind of lays the groundwork of what you can do to get better and to to conquer maybe and overcome certain yeah. obstacles you deal with. i feel like it does a good job of that yeah. and it kind of can run throughout whoever you are you know i Obviously, it's, it, it pays to a certain culture more than others, but I, I do believe that also you can take that knowledge oh, yeah. and run that through. When you were uh, designing or, or giving direction for decorating of the 
of their houses, their family homes. Was there things you drew from, Brandon, or, or things Eva wanted in there specifically for, for the culture to... Yeah, yeah, you know, I think, you know, it started with, we were developing these stories. You know, I got to develop their story. You know, I got to go to Richard's house. I, I sat with Richard. I looked at his... Oh, wow. That's... Photos of his family and got to see where his, him and Judy were in the 80s, seeing photos of that. Um, and, you know, and from there, you, you take a piece of what they're telling you and you say, okay, well, how can we kind of implement this into the way the story is being told? You know, oftentimes I'd find myself looking through photos of my dad would send me, like old Chicano photos of my dad in the 70s. We had a very diverse crew. There were crew that we could often look to, um, our coordinators. Uh, you know, it just ran pretty deep through, throughout our, our art department. Yeah. And we could say, hey, can I have a picture of you, you know, your grandma's house? What are this? Yeah. Like? We go in and we could find this stuff. And then what we would do is, uh, you know, David Hack and I and Kevin, we, we'd all sit down and we'd really kind of hone in on what these, you know, what we what we thought worked for the stories. And, and you know, that kind of dictated color palette where we would say, we really want this like warmer feel of the house. So when you're when you're with Richard or you're at his dad's or you're, it's you're warmer. out in that world, it just has that feeling of like, it's a little warmer. It feels a little more to you. And, and that played into murals as well. And the way that we, would would search the city we'd turn every corner trying to find murals or we'd add murals in certain places um you know so we'd get into that world and, and then that would allow us to have another palette for the factory which then really made because you know the way the movie edits it's really very it, the pacing is quick yeah. but you're back and forth between this factory and his world i would say yeah quite frequently and it allowed us to do that so yeah um you know just going into a lot of family research, but also there's really big photographers that I found that did Chicano photography in the sixties. Um, you know, one of my favorite sets was the Montanez quarters, which I, I felt was really fun. And we got to showcase the sixties struggle on vineyards, which yeah. at the time were in the Inland Empire. Oh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, there was a lot of stuff that we kind of laid groundwork for that I felt we had a good opportunity to show and, and a good opportunity to find good research just because it's so available to us being in LA and being, and being in California. Well, we uh, also found a uh, blog that had been started <clears throat> uh, maybe a year prior and uh, it was, it was basically all Chicano culture and people were contributing their family Christmas photos. I think that's how it started. And then yeah. it just kind of mushroomed from there. And then it became, so suddenly we found, we, we stumbled on this thing, but we found a, uh, like a real through line from, you know, the fifties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. And they were all like personal photos and something like, you know, half of them were all taken in photo booths because a lot of these families couldn't afford cameras back then. Right. Okay. So you go to like Woolworths or wherever it was, yeah. they'd sit in the photo booth and take these crazy photos. That's fantastic. <laughs> so we, we were working with that. And then, um, we had a very uh, specific color palette for each period and family and uh, and worked with uh, Federico Cantini, our, our DP, closely on the color temperature for all the lighting. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was very, as Brandon said, very warm in some of the interior residential spaces. But then when we got to the factory, it was all, you know, like uh, halogen lighting and right. very, sort of cool. like, you know, bright. And if... If you notice, it was, and this was Eva's idea, it was super strategic, but the first time you see the color red is when the, the flaming hots come off the assembly line. <laughs> so when they're coming down the, the conveyor, <clears throat> it's like the first time you really see red in the movie. Oh, yeah. It, well, um, I, I don't know if I caught that. I think because of the tones of the house, I probably assumed that red was in there. But I like, mm -hmm. but I, I, I like that that is the red, red. I mean, I, now I, now I remember it being so red. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I believe like we had, we had a lot of oranges and um, uh, we played into that world of orange and, and uh, greens and, and we did that for the seventies. If you saw, it was a little more like Chicano cool, uh, is at a moment when they were selling drugs. So right. it was, they were a little more loose. And then as we got into, um, you know, it was like wood paneling walls and stuff like that. And when we, when we, showed them again with children 
you know, uh, Calvin and I were sitting late one night and we we're like, what, what is this? Uh, we're going to have to change these walls over. We need to show like a passage of time here. And we're looking through and, and I think we're like, flame stitch. Calvin's like, yeah, flame stitch. <laughs> so we're like, we got to get this flame stitch wallpaper up in this house too. And, and we're going to, we're going to reinvent this house a little bit to showcase like a little passage of time, which also came from children toys now being more accessible yeah. as to what well, it was before. But yeah. our, our producer, Devon Franklin was like, I don't know about the wallpaper. Like it became like a big thing, right? And uh, and now in all the PR marketing stuff, there it is. The there flame is. stitch wallpapers right there. <laughs> hey, buddy, you know why you don't know? Because you're not the designer. Right. That's why I know. I know it's going to no, be he, good. He got behind it once he <laughs> was convinced. But um, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to push the envelope a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially when you're doing period. It's kind of the fun of it to push that a little bit to like mm-hmm. kind of pack it in there as like another character in the home or. or... And, and what really carries right through time when you're struggling, like at one point you have money to get a couch. Yeah. Maybe it's the 70s or the 80s. And then as this as you become as it starts to struggle, your house begins to change, but you're keeping the same furniture, like yeah. your large rolls and stuff like that. The smalls tend to switch you know, oh, okay, we'll switch appliances maybe here and there and also radio or TV yeah. or something. So, I, I always like to think, uh, where would these people actually shop? What store would they go to? And then I always think, are did these people go to like Levitt's or in the time and like buy the whole set? Do you know what I mean? Or did yeah. they get the one piece that they needed and everything is eclectic, which is usually everybody's house. But I also like that there's a layer of like they bought the whole set. They got the whole thing, like like, like the whole right. dining room set is like a thing. That's <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, that like, like those little character pieces and dressing, I feel like always always help too. Um, I loved uh, Roger Enrico's office, especially that desk. <laughs> I loved that desk. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, we inherited that office. It was it was all from the eighties early 80s, the factory was, it was the Albuquerque Journal newspaper. Oh, wow. And they had just moved all their operations, I think, to Colorado or something. Um, We found that office. We put all the character layers into it, and we edited quite a lot. But that was a custom-built desk, very much like Vladimir Kagan or something, you know, out of that. We we were just so happy when we found that, that the conference room, that whole... The red, executive suite the chairs you know, where, and everything um, yeah you know, the secretary picks up the phone call that was all there it was amazing was that eva yeah yeah <laughs> making they, a little cameo have, yeah. that, that place was great they had this they, we were we were one day we were doing a, we were doing a uh, i think we might have been during the uh, like an art scout we were walking through hey they, i think these are tiff i think these are tiffany lamps and i think there's four tiffany lamps in this one office so i'm like they're like, well, how, how much are these worth? I'm like, well, go, go on first dibs. Let me show you how much this lamp is worth. Oh, my like, God. A $100,000 lamp. But at the time, you know, because the Albuquerque Journal at one point was a massive. So, so then you were in L.A. and Albuquerque doing this? Is that what you mean? Uh, no, we shot the entire well, everything. movie in Albuquerque. Yeah. Oh, you shot the whole thing in Albuquerque. Oh, my yeah. bad. Yeah. Oh. Um, I yeah, bet- there really weren't any reshoots or pickups. It was all... Pretty much in camera by the time we finished. I I've uh, I've shot in Albuquerque, but it was a long time ago, so <laughs> I was not not a fan. But I heard it's better now, and it's nicer and more equipped now. So I mean, yeah, I mean, we all would have preferred Santa Fe, but you know, yeah. <laughs> of course. But Albuquerque for like Los Angeles is a good one. That's that's not bad. Yeah, just just south of Albuquerque. Uh, in uh, what was it called Rio Rancho we, yes. we, we found the Guasti winery oh yeah uh, and that was only you know maybe a 40 minute drive out of town oh that's nice um, so we we had a lot of good things very close by what was your prep on this how long did you have to prep it initially it was six weeks but then it got extended to eight weeks I think because we had a, a little bit of delay what was the hardest part of the shoot do you think what was our the, your biggest challenge in getting it ready I don't know do you I mean for <laughs> yeah. me for me I think it was it was the 
the time and the money available as always. Mm. But we were also shooting during monsoon season, so we had <laughs> a lot of weather issues that created havoc with the scheduling. Um, and then, of course, the the jumping back and forth between periods. Right. Um, we there were three different markets in the story, and um, at some point during prep, our producer came to us with his hair on fire and he said, we can't afford to go to three locations. You're going to have to collapse them all into one, one store. We're going to have to cut two of the stores. And so Brandon and I figured out a way to, to actually keep the script as it was all shooting in one location. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that one really became like that. That's where we found the most friction, I think in the, in the shoot. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, we were, we caught ourselves, you know, there was a job hunting scene, right? Um, where he ends up inside and he's like, you don't look like a guy who has initiatives. What's that look like? So that, that was a different story. We had to end up doing the, the exterior facade. We let, let it kind of ride. Then uh, when he was a child, he walks from the other side of the, of the building. And from there, we kind of did like some hand painted signage and we kind of had to build out some stuff. Um, just because we were limited, we weren't able to remove things that we would like to. So we ended up having to build out certain areas here that then went into, that also played for when he was a young boy and he's like, this is how the story could have gone. Right. You know, and it shows that like wooden, and we kind of, you know, it, it was like a kitschy kind of cool moment that we got to do for the counter. And then like Kevin said, that had to switch then to later when he's buying the bag of chips. So I mean, Kevin, what was that? Maybe... It was like four stores. I mean, we had to change it three times, but it really played as like four stores because of aisles and stuff like that. Oh, man. Yeah, we had, I think, two almost all-night turnarounds, you know, flipping that store so we could shoot it the next day. Awesome. Um, and it, it, it was a uh, kind of a go-to place for the community, and so we had a lot of people showing up trying to, you know, buy their vape pens. Oh, or yeah. Or something. <laughs> so it was... It was very entertaining, for sure. Oh, people yeah. get pissed when you shut down a store for shooting, and they're like, "I can't go in. I can't just go in." And you're like, "No, it's a it's a video yeah. store now. You can't go in and buy the Milky Way." Like, you right. <laughs> people somehow someone always gets past security, and they always walk in and try to buy. I can't. No, get out. I'm sorry. You have to leave. Let's do this. Yeah. So. Let me ask you this, because as a decorator, I don't know if I've ever had the situation of having two designers. Like, how did you split? Did you split this up a little bit or would you collaborate? You're just collaborating on everything. Well, initially we uh, sort of divvied it up and we decided to divide and conquer, but we ended up just doing it all together. Mm -hmm. It was, um, you know, I think, you know, because this story is also very connected to Brandon's family's life story. You know, he was really the expert in all the, the cultural and community stuff. And I was sort of more on the corporate side, you know, developing the factory and, mm -hmm. and trying to make all that work. But, um, but at the end of the day, we just said, oh, you know, we, we just, we, you know, we're side by side and just did it all together, so. Yeah, yeah I made the workflow easier originally, you know, I think, the way that it was brought in is for to do one or the other. And we were like, we gotta just do this together. So, you know, we were right next to each other. It just made it way easier. We just kind of sat down and we hunkered down. It made it easy too with people communicating with us. And it, it made, we, Kevin and I got into workflow. I felt like at one point we were just like, and every, you know, days ending. Okay, let's do this. And, and it also made it sometimes because I, I want to say the, it's around this maybe 108 sets or something like that yeah you had a lot, lot might have been like i don't know i mean the job hunt alone was eight locations and everything had to be touched everything had to be changed um there were there were moments that would help us in, in that that kind of sequence where like okay cabot's opening up set one three and five and i'm opening up mm -hmm. two four yeah. and six where yeah. sometimes it allowed us to really get eyes on not that we weren't going to get eyes on it, but it allowed us to get in a really good workflow. And there'd be times where maybe Cabot could focus something here and I'd be right next to him focusing on something else. And then we could just quickly reconvene and be like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. And we could kind of do a blend there and, and make adjustments per each other's notes. And it, it, 
it really helped. I feel like our workflow really started to show. Yeah, I mean, I I have this conversation a lot about like, you know, there's two art directors and and there's always like one decorator, but you know, you still got to go open set and do a meeting and scout and everything. And I see that you know more and more you know, you have to bring on a second decorator for the shows. And so it's making, it makes sense to me that you have this schedule, which probably was ridiculous for location work and changing things over. That's kind of the worst thing to me. Because once I'm done with a set, changing it over and then changing it back or doing whatever's like, oh my God, I can't believe we have to do this. Why can't we just go somewhere else? Like, it's heartbreaking to me. So I'm, I can envision what your one-liner looked like. <laughs> and I can assume that having two designers was probably really key on this to keep it going, especially being all on location. I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was a lot to process, a lot to invent, a lot to figure out. Um, we were very fortunate. We had a local art director, Billy Ray, um, who's you know, been around forever and he knows everybody and he put a great team together. And so we were able to just kind of parachute in and, you know, yeah. got very fortunate with the people that he chose. Um, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. yeah it was, are you both it was, it was fast and furious for sure. Are you yeah. both LA based? Yes. I, yeah. I was LA and New York for years, but now I'm Primarily, you know, I'm based in LA. I was going to ask if you're from Philly because I pick up your accent a little bit. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from I Philly. Was I was in Manhattan for many years, but uh, um, I, I came out here to do the the series Scrubs. Yeah. And I came out to do six episodes, and that turned into thirteen. That turned into twenty-two, and <laughs> I know I'm still doing it like nine years later. Yeah, so. that was a nice long run. Yeah. Yeah. So LA, LA became home. Mm. See, you said home, and I knew I you, before you <laughs> said it, it's the O. I know, I get it. The dog, the like, like we don't like open up our mouths enough, and like. Right. <laughs> are you East Coast or where are you from? I'm from Philly. I'm from Philly, okay. and then like South Jersey. So yeah, but I've been here for 23 years. So I usually, if I if I talk to someone from Philly, I feel like it comes out, or if I'm drinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm drinking with someone from Philly, it's like you can't, you don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon, you're in LA? Uh, yeah, I'm based in LA. You're yeah, based, based in LA. In LA. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not a lot going on here. <laughs> but hopefully yeah. we all we all get back to it soon, but we'll be um, all right. <laughs> I, I know. Um, are you guys influence do you have like any like huge influence uh that you pull from constantly like there is there one little thing or one little website or one little designer that you go back to that you try to like uh, pull from um i for me i think you know it's i sort of uh i have a few heroes you know like richard silbert yes. or that's mine. You know, there's certain designers out there who um, I kind of grew up admiring, and I used to go to some of the lectures that they would have, and oh. like Dick Silver would say, oh, you know, I always paint my doors with glossy paint, so when the door opens, you get a flash of light, you know, little tricks like that. Oh. And, um, I'd, um, kill to, I'd kill to have heard him speak. I would, I'm, I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was something else, but um, um, but in terms of research, I mean, for me, every that's what I love about this business is every job is so different. Yeah, and you know, I love the whole location scouting process because you get to go into places that you know most people would never in their life get an opportunity to see. Yeah. I would never uh, have been in there. I would so I say it all the time. I would never would have gone in that building if it hadn't been for this. I just was saying that the other day. Yeah. And I said, now look at me. Look at this. Look where we're hanging out today. <laughs> like, I used to work with Gary David Goldberg years ago. And whenever anybody would get grumpy on set and start complaining about what they had to do or whatever, he'd go, 
Beats a real job. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> beats, beats working in the factory. I mean, yeah. yeah. We're not pushing. I had a transpo guy used to always say, well, we're not pushing concrete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, do you have any, any um, go-tos? I'm, you know, I mean, I tend to obviously like job dependent, um, kind of see where I where I pull from. I mean, obviously, our favorite designers like I, I love Dante Freddy. I think we all love Dante Freddy. I, I remember seeing something that he said before is like uh, he was doing Sweeney Todd, right? And then we, we come in and we want to see like designs of windows. And he he's oh, okay, well, Jerry and Director comes up. Says, oh, you know, I think I've drawn a few windows out. And Dante's like, oh, don't worry, I've already drawn like you know twenty options for you here. <laughs> Being ahead, you know, so I think sometimes I, you do a little bit extra work because you constantly feel like maybe someone's nipping at your heels. So you're like, okay, I got to like yeah. get in and have some Step options ready. And that's kind of what I took from that. But um, no, and then again, you know, obviously research is like super key. And I think, you know, for me, that was a big, on this film is something that I really had to do the research. I think there was a lot to take in and a lot to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, comparatively to like projects I've done in the past. So yeah, I would say research, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and where I got it from and, and you, just doing deep dives and I'm constantly just scouring through papers. And if I'm on my phone, I'm looking at stuff that's related to that topic, if that's where I'm at, you know, so. And it is, it's like you said, like YouTube really helped you out. Like I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of now, of like Instagram, of like, there's like accounts for the '70s, and the, and and people were just posting these magnificent research photos, and you know, then I start following all these different things, and I'm like, oh my god, I, I look like a serial killer. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. Anyone knew saw who I follow, like it's crazy. There, there needs to be a, a search engine for when you're working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I need work like, circuit search engine and like my dark my windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know the designer Bill Groom? Bill Groom yeah. does uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Maisel, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so yes. Bill, Bill and I used to work together in New York. Uh, we met at Saturday Night Live, and he came up with this brilliant idea because, you know, Mrs. Maisel's primarily in the 50s, right? 60s. And uh, he wasn't finding the kind of research he needed in books or even online. So he started to get, collect, like, Sears catalogs from mm-hmm. the period. And then he would just go through and he would find all the stuff yeah. of life from, from that. So, you know, for me anyway, the, the goal is always to tell you something about the character that the script can't say with words, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the, 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 the kind of research you have to do is different from job to job based on who the characters are, I think. Yeah, being, uh, being resourceful and being... Yeah. Um, able you gotta to be a detective you yeah know? being able to spread out and really like well that, that didn't work let me go here like him doing the catalogs or anything like you really got to think about or like where would they shop and then getting like an old furniture catalog and things like that so yeah i love it i i love i've actually thought about like maybe i'll just go be a researcher <laughs> <laughs> i would love that <laughs> Because they have them on that's big the, movies. That's the fun part. When you yeah. actually have to do it, then it becomes yeah. really stressful, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. there, there used to be at Warner Brothers deep in the valley off of like Winona was the Warner Brothers library. Oh. And I worked on that show American Dreams 20 years ago. And yeah. um, they I was the PA and they would send me out and they would have called about like what we need. And the guy there with white gloves would pull out a cart and say, I pulled all this, let me know. And I'd have to put white gloves on and look through all these old magazines and take a bunch, photocopy it, put it back. Like it was an, it was a plethora of like research. And I know that there's that woman who did that research library that has now. Yeah, the Michelson. Yes. Michelson yeah. yeah. Like I don't. I never went there, but I always went to this Warner Brothers one, but it was phenomenal and that's gone. I don't even want to know where that, all that stuff went, but yeah. it need it. Hopefully it was preserved. I hope so. I mean, I mean, Warner Brothers still to this day is the most sort of supportive, you know, studio, production studio in town, I think, because they, they, they still believe in, you know, having a prop house, yes. you know, a mill. Yeah. The staff shop, I think, is the only one left in town now. Yep. I mean, 
Yeah. They have a drapery department. They have a carpeting guy. You know, it's all there. Hardware. Oh yeah, we did. Hardware. And they and they they turn around quick. We did a I did a Pepsi spot and with Chloe Bailey who just started Little Mermaid and we redid this whole diner at the back Disney Ranch. The back the we oh, turned yeah. this place into a diner and just working with their team it was really convenient just because we got to work with the drapery department to do all of our upholstery work and all you know and they were really quick and they were on it and it was um and it just made it easy because we were able to yeah just do everything in sequence with them yeah Yeah, roger from greens there (laughs) you know you go to a place like albuquerque and um we have to find all that stuff ourselves yeah and you have to rent a lot i mean I mean, if he was doing, if David was doing all period and everything, I mean, I don't, I, I, I think Universal has a prop house there, or they shut it down. I can't remember, but we were just stacking that gold room. Yeah, or <laughs> it was like a thrift shops and like you were saying, like estate sales yeah. and yeah. David got David got a warehouse space, uh, sort of north of town, and he went to a lot of estate sales and yard sales and garage sales and and. Uh, about maybe a month into prep, he had enough density that he wanted to give Eva a walkthrough. And so we all went and we did a walkthrough. And it was kind of like being at Warner Brothers, but yeah. David built the whole thing himself, you know. <laughs> created his own prop house. Yeah. I, when he created, I mean, he created all these little vignettes, like here's Richard's yeah. dining set and here's Vacha's house, you know, and here's, you know, and we oh, just kind of went great. around and we, we did the whole movie sequentially. David put this whole sort of, you know, a little presentation together. It was it was really smart the way you did it. Oh, that's great. Because a lot it of was, things get lost in pictures when you have to show a table and people are like looking at the other tables around it and not the one you picked. Like, you know, prop house photos and stuff like that. So that's fantastic. Yeah, it was good. You got see. all those decisions. You got, all, <clears throat> excuse me, you got Eva to sign off and everything right there. That's oh, great. That's fantastic. Yeah, we had options too. We'd be like, oh, well, do you have a different headboard for Montanez quarters? Yeah, I got like four. And we would shuffle through them and, you know, what do we think? And we kind of say, oh, we land on one. And it made it, made all our decision-making really easy. And I, I just felt like it was very helpful to just kind of run it in that manner. It was great. Oh, that's great. We, we were so lucky to have David with us. He yeah. uh, was originally from Austin. You know, he came up through the Robert Rodriguez studio system. And was a lead and, man, uh, I saw, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then at some point he uh, moved to Albuquerque uh, so he, he was a local there, but had all this experience, you know, that in, in many markets like that, you know, you don't find people with that much depth. Right. Um, or they're not so, available. Right. Yeah, or they're not available. Yeah. Right. And he would, he would just, he's a big guy and he moves kind of slow, but he just keeps going. He, so we started <laughs> calling him the tank cause he just like kept pushing through everything, you know, it was, yeah he was hammering everything out i mean and he was great and you know i think for the for the movie that we were doing you know obviously there are limitations and because of his background and because of his history because of he's he's done so you know he came up through the ranks as a lead man i think like sin city might have been his one of his first decorating jobs Mm. Um, but he was able to communicate with people who were maybe a little more green or we needed him to work a little quicker yeah he was like he had a gentle way about it and an approach to, to talking with his crew where he'd be like, Hey, well, here's how we would do it. And because he did it before. Yeah. I feel like it was, it was taken really well from his department and it just made it. So his team was very in sync and they were, they were just yeah. moving and getting it done. I mean, the factory, I mean, I remember the amount of like the amount of graphics that went into the factory because you can build the factory. Right. But then once it's, it's the layers in the factory that really does it, it's the little gadgets and that's all, that was all him, you know I mean? Yeah buttons, gadgets, knobs, you know, getting, figuring out where, you know, these graphics would go, you know, and he, he did a really good job. And I mean, they were, we were crunching. We, we needed every second of that prep, but it was the, the way that he ran it, his ship just allowed it to really you know, fall in place. Well, that's a decorator. I mean, I don't know. Unless he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are, uh, you know, you, you, you guys are so critical to what we do and, I don't think get enough credit, you know. Well, we certainly don't get paid enough, but uh, thank you. (laughs) But it's really, you know, it's that hand in hand with the with the designer too. that relationship. I love I love being able to 
get it together and, and, you know, be on the same page and, and really like find those pieces that we need. Like you were saying, he found the vat, like I love mm-hmm. being able to like pull off things like that and, you know, dress it up, make it pretty. <laughs> are you, uh, we're, we're, we're in this, like, we're all, we're off. So we have time. Are you watching anything good? Just, shrinking um, i'm watching shrinking i think i'm on episode <laughs> i am i'm on episode three fantastic job i love his oh, office you. i love that you could see out i love it. it's all like zen my husband's a therapist so i'm like oh wow yeah <laughs> Are you watching it with him because he won't he's not into it i don't know why i don't know he should, gonna... he should watch it it's, i know yeah, it's, it's uh harrison ford's character is based on phil stutz <laughs> oh i'll tell him that see that um, i'll tell him and, um, you know, he's a really renowned therapist in L.A. And Jonah Hill did a documentary about him. Oh, this yeah. Jonah Hill's, Jonah Hill's therapist. Oh, yeah. And um, and so there's a whole um, kind of deep dive that we had to do into that world to create all this stuff. But, you know, it's a show a lot of people need right now. You know, a lot yeah. of people love it. And it's doing it's, well. Yeah, it's it's great. It's funny and it's serious and it's sad. It's a little sad, but like quirky. Like it's good. I th- mm-hmm. I, th- I think I'm on episode three. I keep like getting pulled to do research, which is great for for the podcast. So I keep putting it back. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. What have I been watching? I've been watching Beef. Oh yeah. Um, a fair amount of reality stuff. My wife loves reality, so we're watching. You know, like Queer Eye and. Uh, yeah. the agency, which is the French real estate agency oh, show, yeah. which is kind of like a, a Parisian, you know, uh-huh. thing. And uh, there's a lot of good good TV right now, for sure. There's so much good TV. There's like too much to watch. I'm like always like, oh, what am I doing? What am I watching? I finished a session. I mean, I, you know, oh, that was great. Phenomenal. Was, yeah, it was great. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of, I, I need a new show. Recommendations? I'm going to. You know, I'm going to watch Shrinking for, you know, well, Shrinking's good. I think there's Sisters, which is on Apple or Bad Sisters. It's called Bad Sisters. Okay. It's from Ireland or, or it's, I, I watched it in two days. I loved it. I binged that. Reality wise, I just watched The Judge, The Jury on Amazon, which like they set up a fake jury and I think it's Chris Pine is on it and like they set this guy up that like it's a ridiculous case and like they sequester the jury and everything and he for like 18 days was like living the life of a juror and like all the little things that go along with it so and like hidden cameras and stuff i thought it was like a reality reality hidden camera show yeah i thought it was interesting it's something a little different than you know housewives yeah i just saw the other night was arnold the arnold documentary so good it's only three episodes so it's really easy to watch but it's fascinating, really, oh. really well. I was gonna start that, and then I saw it was three, and I was like, "All right, I gotta, wait. I gotta, I gotta wait on that. I gotta wait." I, you yeah. know, that's my issue sometimes with television is I find myself like watching a few episodes, and then I like get dis- like beef. I, 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 it was so good, and then I got distracted or something happened, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have to go back to yeah. it." And sometimes when I watch like a movie, I like to just sit there watch the movie. Like, yes. Okay, it's done. That's it. <laughs> I, I gotta say, later and, like, there's no homework associated with it because yeah, later, you know, someone will watch. You see the movie? Oh yeah, it was really good. Oh, what'd you think of blah blah? blah. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. Then, what'd you think of episode one? And then you see him again. Like, what about episode two? And then it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like then it becomes this thing. It's crazy. We're all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We're all crazy. <laughs> We're all crazy. Um, thank you so much for your time. Well, I say, Cabot, thank you so much. I've, I've enjoyed your work for a very long time, and, and, and oh, Brandon, nice. looking forward to... Uh, and either of you, if you need a decorator, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm available. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd love to know more about your work, so yes, let's keep in touch. Thank you. Awesome. Really interesting, too, as I said, how two designers can work on a film and both uh, lend their their designs into one and um i'm sure with the timing as they said they did this during covid and um just the subject and being on location and everything that two designers probably worked really in everyone's favor so um awesome that and um i did i love the show 
or the film it's on Disney Plus it's fun and um, the family they have like little kids and they make the kids try the flavor of the flaming hot till they get it right so I thought that was really fun and having two boys who like to to try uh, spicy things but as they say Pisces it's Pisces um, I found those scenes really funny and also I love Doritos and I wanted to see how they were made so that was cool too um, so bravo to them and I hope to speak to them again at some point um, for other projects what else have we got it's July or it's mid-July people it's mid-July and um, I don't know I might take a couple weeks off not gonna lie I have an episode about budgeting that people have asked about previously and I did it a while ago and then I feel like I have to redo it um, but again coming up we're gonna have um, Emmy nominees um, in the month of August so I might take this opportunity to pause and um, enjoy the last couple weeks before my twins go to school so but I usually lie like I usually say like oh, I'll see you in two weeks and then I have three episodes next week so <laughs> I don't know it all depends but I hope you are enjoying your summer and thank you so much for taking along decorating pages podcast and listening while you're uh, trucking around um, you can check out every episode on decoratingpagespodcast.com I'm on social media I was trying I'm trying to do some TikToks again I've gotten into that and um, yeah just enjoy your summer so I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.